Hello and welcome to a special episode of Political State from the Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder and joining me here at the Oklahoma State Capitol is the full Political State crew. We got Dale Denwalt, Chris Castile, and Justin Wingeter. And today was the official start of the 2018 legislative session. And as is custom, it starts with uh, the governor giving her state of the state address. Governor Governor Mary Fallon, this is her last year in office. This was her last state of the state. Um, But what you might have expected to be somewhat of a reflective speech was actually not the case, was it, Dale? No, and she made the made the point directly uh, during her state of the state that she wasn't going to dwell on things uh, on her accomplishments over the last seven years or um, the, uh, the the accomplishments of the state, uh, things that happened. Uh, what she really wanted to do was focus on what's going to happen over the next four months as the legislature uh, uh, finishes this uh, term of the of, uh, of session, and she really uh, in- encouraged them to to fix the the problems in the budget, fix revenue problems. Uh, otherwise, she said, there would be more chaos. Yeah, and she endorsed the Step Up Oklahoma plan. So this plan from a group of business and civic leaders, uh, a, a series of tax increases. Uh, she mentioned it by name multiple times and said, you know, this is what's on the table, and she urged the legislature to support it. Uh, she did, and whether it passes uh, remains to be seen. The, uh, the House Republicans uh, appear uh, supportive of it, and, said that, uh, and Speaker Charles McCall said that there will be a vote on uh, portions of the step-up plan uh, quickly. Uh, Democrats um, in the House said that there are some things uh, that aren't in the proposals that they would like to see before they really put their uh, their force behind it. And over in the Senate, uh, it's kind of the same deal. The, the Senate Republicans said that the a lot of the step-up plan has already been uh, passed by the previous iteration of the Senate last year. And Senate Democrats, uh, John Sparks, the Senate Democratic leader, said that he's not that confident that tax increases are going to pass uh, the further along in session we get. Yeah, well, go, well, going back to her speech for, for a moment, we talked on last week's episode about, you know, what should we expect? Is the governor going to, you know, kind of offer a, a friendly invitation to join her in this plan? Is she going to have more of a stick approach? Um, I don't know that she went one way or the other, but one thing that's kind of interesting to me is she kind of just put it on the legislature saying that this she is did. this is yeah. your guys' it's, job. It's up to them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a line in there that I thought she probably could have left out, actually. I, uh you know, the budget and the health of our state are not mine to determine. And that's not only um, not all that flattering for the governor, but it's actually inaccurate. I mean, she's been very involved in the budget talks, and a line like that makes it seem like uh, maybe she isn't, but uh, which is just hasn't been accurate. But I, I think it was a call to arms for the legislature and maybe a little humility and that I can only do so much. But I, I thought it maybe uh, put forth the wrong idea uh, in, that, in that line specifically. Of course, it's one line in a large speech, but I, I thought that one line and, and what what to call the armed speech maybe didn't hit the right tone. Yeah, uh, Chris, anything uh, that you kind of took away from from this speech? A twenty-two minute speech, a relatively short. I think it was her shortest of yep. her eight years. No, I, I think you know basically what she said is let's let's compromise for the future of the state, pass a step up plan while you're thinking about it. Think about a teacher who needs a raise. Think about all these different people who need state services and that, that we're not providing now that's basically what you know which was let's let's compromise let's pass it let's let's get to work in in, uh, in the democrats responses uh, they said that it sort of makes sense that the governor wouldn't uh talk about you know the the past seven years because uh, some of the policies that she supported 
and uh, of course adopted by Republican legislatures, um, have gotten us to where we are today. Uh, do you see that at all in, in maybe why she chose to not sort of list out everything that's happened in her administration over the last seven years? Well, I think her telling of her record would probably be a little different than how Democrats would be. Um, I still I still am a little surprised. I mean, I think Justin makes a great point about her putting in that line because I did think about the same thing. I mean, even though she did not want this to be a real reflective speech, you would think that she would want to at least put a line or two in about some of her major accomplishments. And as a... I think she did toward the end. There's still like criminal a, justice yeah, reform. The, the, yeah. the road, she talked about the bridges, she talked about... Yeah. You know, we, but, but she doesn't do some kind of litany thing, which really would have, I, I think, bored everybody to tears and, and, and raised questions about, well, okay, if, you, you know, if you've accomplished so much, why are, sure. we, are we here yeah, talking about Yeah, the optics of that process? wouldn't be yeah, so great exactly. either. But yeah. I think, you know, it's, it is interesting to point out, and the, and the massive budget hole doesn't provide the space to do this, but, you know, as she ends her, her second term, as she reaches term limits, I mean, she came in during a wave of Republican control at the state capitol. I mean, her, her, her election was kind of the cherry on top for Republicans. In, in that year. Um, are you talking about 94? Or are you talking about well, 2010? I mean, okay. just for her, I mean, for them to, you know, in she, Yeah, when she was first elected well, yeah, lieutenant I mean, governor, been, it was a way around, a Republican But for her to, you know, to win yeah. the, the governor's seat, um, you know, for them to control, you know, both chambers. And even though financially and with the budget, maybe that's not a record right now that they can bang their, their chest on right now. There's been a lot of things that they've done in the conservative playbook that I'm sure that they'd be, that they would like to celebrate. But once again, this, you know, the optics of kind of taking that victory lap, it's probably not the right time for that. Right now. Yeah. There was the mention of criminal justice reform, which uh, from where I was standing, which was back in the newsroom watching on TV, seemed to get the loudest applause of any line in the speech. Yeah, it certainly got the uh, the, the biggest sort of uh, uh, pause for uh, applause. Uh, everybody really stood up and, and clapped uh, at the, what the governor said, which is that we should be um, giving mothers and fathers the ability to get into drug treatment rehab rather than warehousing them in prisons, uh, if I can paraphrase what she said. And, uh, you know, it, that, that's sort of a common refrain that we've heard over the last couple of years. Um, but... Uh, if you ask people who are supportive of criminal justice reform, uh, they will say that work is not yet done. And as a matter of fact, there are still nine bills from last session that got held up in committee yeah. um, that uh, we could see uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. During her term, and I'm not necessarily saying that she's the, the sole credit of this, but during her time as governor, has that been one of the biggest shifts here at, at the Capitol, the kind of the, the stance on crime and um, I mean, we've seen, you know, uh, overcrowded prisons. We've seen, you know, we've gone, obviously we've seen some of the complications with the, the death penalty, and there hasn't necessarily been a rush to, to bring that back. I mean, yeah. it seems like the tone has shifted from being a tough on crime, you know, to, you know, trying to be that, so to speak, right we, on crime. You know, Chris Chris could probably answer this better than I could, but since I've been coming to the Capitol since 2006, um, I remember when I first came out here, there was maybe one or two legislators who were talking about being smart on crime. You know, that, that was a word back then, but it was rarely used. Hmm. Um, and, and it took the intervening years and the, the explosion of the number of people in prisons, um, I think, for people to, to, um, to realize that it's an issue that you've kind of got to get a handle on. And if the way that you're going to address it is to reduce the number of people going into prison or returning to prison uh, rather than just building more, more, uh, more beds, um, then, you know, they've got to do something, right? Well, I think the last time I was covering the legislature, the prisons were still under federal control. 
um, because of a, a host of problems. Um, but they also, at the time, they were so overcrowded that they had what was called a cap law, in, in which all kinds of nonviolent offenders would be released once you know a, a certain threshold was hit. They would all just hit the streets. This is nothing new about Oklahoma legislators wanting to lock everybody up, and um, and it goes back to somebody made the point last week at a um, gubernatorial uh, forum just a few blocks from where we're sitting right now, where criminal justice was a huge topic at that at that forum. That this was years and years of Democrats adding new laws to the books. So you've got a criminal justice code like that, and people get locked up for everything, hmm. and so it. At that same time, and it's not just, it wasn't just state legislators. That was, I was out here in the mid to late 80s when the crack epidemic had first started and they were throwing people in prison for, um, you know, any kind of small amount of uh, crack. So it's just, it's something that, that legislative politicians do because it sounds good. Let's lock them up, throw away the key, three strikes, you're out, you're never getting out. And then you wind up, you know, where your prison budget almost exceeds, you know, what you're paying for education. I mean, it just, I mean, it's not that extreme yet, but obviously it's an extremely expensive thing to do to lock somebody up. Yeah. Well, for the last several weeks, we've been, you know, we've been talking about the budget and we've been talking specifically about, you know, this proposal, the step up Oklahoma proposal and, you know, a group of business uh, uh, leaders, civic leaders, um, advocacy organizations, edu- you know, education associations, you know, have come out and supported this. What we haven't really gotten a lot from is where the legislature is on that and well now we are starting to get that today as the session has officially kicked off um dale you mentioned it earlier you know the democrats you know give their immediate response to the governor's state of the state address address and so far they're not a yes vote on this no they uh the the step up oklahoma plan has four percent on all uh four percent gross production tax on all wells democrats want five uh, the uh, Democrats want a, uh, a higher income tax bracket for the top earners. They want restoration of the earned income tax credit. Uh, there, there are things that they still want to see before they're going to give any kind of commitment. And I think uh, I think you're going to see a little bit of a replay of what's happened over the last over the last two sessions, uh, where uh, things may come down to the wire, and we still don't have an agreement uh, between. Democrats and Republicans. I think you heard the governor say repeatedly in the speech that this is not the best plan. This is not a perfect plan. This is not a plan anyone's going to be very excited about. Right. And I thought extensively that was a, a nod towards Democrats, but could it also be a nod towards conservatives in her, her own party sure. who have been uh, hesitant to back any kind of tax Spe- plan? Spe- Speaker McCall said uh, just about the same thing in his response to the governor that this isn't a plan that everyone likes, but it's a compromise. And he still has to speak to members of his own caucus, uh, including the ones that voted against the so-called A-plus plan in special session. There's a cliche in legislative bodies, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. You've heard it on. That's think I think that's what she was trying to tell them over yeah. and over. Compromise. Our founding fathers had to compromise. You guys can compromise. <laughs> right. I think was what she was trying to say. But, I mean, this is including the income tax in there and the wind the wind generation um, uh, fee. It, it does. Those are new wrinkles to what they voted on in the fall, definitely. 
Well, there's probably another saying that goes something like, "If you're a Democrat in Oklahoma and they need you, then you should, you know, uh, you know, get something right, out of get it. Get something out of it." And I think, and, and that's kind of what we're seeing from from Democrats. And I think what was interesting about the Democrats' response is it wasn't just a, "Well, we're not excited about the plan, but we'll see. We're going to work with, you know, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle." This was a flat out, "We're a no vote right now." So. I mean, as of today, as the, this plan is, as in its totality, um, doesn't appear to have the votes. Well, I, 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 mean, I, I, hes- I hesitate to say before we've, uh, you know, actually seen legislation and um, had a whip count offered to us um, from the, from the respective caucuses. But uh, as it stands right now, I, it, it's hard for for someone like me, just an, as an observer, to feel confident uh, that in, that. Uh, anything's going to, that this is going to pass. You, you know? say in totality. I mean, do we know what form this will take and how many different how many, bills we'll yeah. have here? Well, and that's a good point. I mean, once again, you know, we've heard this, you know, the plan based on how it was sketched out, but we haven't seen the bills, we haven't seen the votes, and that starts, you know, today and moving forward. But yeah. like I said, I mean, there's been, you know, quite a bit of support and quite a, you know, some interesting bedfellows in supporting this that, you know, that it sometimes have, have butted heads in the past. And I think part of that is probably a sense of frustration. We want to get something done. We want to fix. I mean, if you're the teachers union or some oil and gas groups that don't always necessarily agree on everything, you're thinking, hey, you know, once again, we don't want, you know, the enemy, you know, the perfect to be the enemy of good here. Um, but now we're going to start to see, you know, they're going to put flesh and details on these proposals, and that's where it, it, it's going to get challenging. Half of the uh, of the, of the uh, proposal, half of the short, uh, the anticipated budget shortfall next year, uh, would be a uh, teacher pay raise uh, of five thousand um, dollars, and uh, the Senate Appropriations Chair Kim David said that. Um, all of the money that's included in the step-up plan, uh, all the ki- all the kinds of revenue, uh, all of that would fill the anticipated budget shortfall. Uh, so what I what I think there will be a push for is to combine everything together, make it make it an all-or-nothing vote, or at least an all-or-nothing compromise. Um, because if you take uh, one or two pieces out, the whole house of cards may crumble. And, and uh-huh. the governor modified her call for this second special session to consider. Does that restrict them in any way about what they can consider? Um, well, I mean, it, it expands the number of bills that they that they can uh, vote on. It may be that parts of the Step Up Oklahoma plan are introduced in the special session part of the day, and then when they get into the regular session part of the day, they take up something else. They won't have quite an immediate impact. Maybe something down the road. Hmm. Uh, uh, that's kind of the, how the sausage is made up here. Um, but yeah, we have two sessions going on right now, uh, consecutively. Um, and uh, so you're saying yeah. the leadership would put it on the floor without knowing whether it was going to pass or not, whether not knowing whether they had any democratic support and let it go down. Well, they've they've done it once before, um, maybe twice before, but uh, typically uh, Speaker McCall is hesitant to uh, put something on the floor that he that the Democrats have said that they're not going to vote for. Um, so I probably see more of that in the session. Mm-hmm. Is that change? I mean, we always talk about the context of an election year. Does that change at all this year with, with so many members, uh, you know, facing election? I mean, and and part of the debate is going to be, you know, the Democrats are going to point fingers, Republicans and vice versa. I mean, if you're the speaker and you've, you know, McCullough said, hey, I can get three-fourths of my caucus. That's yeah. the pledge he's making. He's asking Democrats to do the same. If he's able to deliver on that, even though he knows the Democrats aren't going to support it, I mean, could we see a showdown where, where Republicans are willing to set, to do something that they think 
cast a negative light on Democrats saying, hey, they're the ones that sunk this. Yeah, you could try to make a point with a vote, uh, just like any legislative uh, uh, action. You, you can try to make a point with it. If you know it's going to pass, uh, you could bring it up for a vote anyway, just so you have the recorded votes and, and you can show voters come fall. Uh, look who didn't vote for the, the revenue plan that would have saved the state, right? Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of that last special session. Yeah, yeah. And I also th- I bring it up again, but you know, to have you know a, a, a kind of a diverse, somewhat group of supporters for this plan. I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of pressure is put on Democrats. Uh, you know, they're not going to necessarily listen to the oil and gas, you know, advocacy groups. But you know, I, I think the teachers' union can play an important role. I mean, they've supported this. They see this as really the only viable path to a teacher's pay raise. Mm-hmm. And if they see the Democrats as the ones that are holding out, it'll be interesting to see what kind of pressure they put on. And, and I think Democrats would be. A little bit more vulnerable to you know pressure from groups like that. I, than I think some what others. Dale just described is 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 not going to help them. Poli- it's not going to help Republicans politically at all to do that right now. I think what, what people see when they look toward 23rd and Lincoln right now is that kind of politics. You're in an election year. I think the Republicans have to be careful with how they play this. If it looks like it's just a political game, I don't think that helps them. In a lot of districts where they might be vulnerable, and maybe even in the governor's race. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, let's talk about the governor's race briefly. We saw a couple of governor gubernatorial candidates here, a, a few actually. Um, and Chris, you've been reporting. I mean, most of the Republican field is opposed to this plan. Um, Some of them outright. Most of them outright opposed to raising taxes. Uh, Oklahoma City Mayor Mick Cornett has basically said everything should be on the table, but it's not my first instinct to raise taxes. Gary Jones, the uh, current auditor and inspector, is the only one who said we need new revenue. Yeah, and we saw uh, you know uh, uh, Gary Richardson uh, was here, um, and which and we've talked about this before, Dale. And you and I were kind of joking about this today. I feel like Richardson may be. We, we've talked about how the governor's can- gubernatorial candidates may actually avoid this building, right. like the plague, uh, except, if, except for Gary, not Gary Richardson. For, for Richardson, yeah. I, I think he's someone who could have a presence here because this is, I think, probably an issue. Him, him getting a chance to be the opposition to tax increases yeah. is really kind of his 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 best lane, right? Well, I mean, the lieutenant governor is couple floors below us uh he's he's an opponent of tax increases too yeah and sat there and, and listened to yeah i wasn't to watching too carefully was he was he clapping a lot during, uh, during the I, I, I was uh, i was taking portion. notes the, the whole time um yeah and you'll notice where gary richardson sat he sat dead center um in the house gallery overlooking uh the representatives um I think pretty much in the same spot the Governor Fallon sat when she watched uh, the last day of special session oh, yeah. um, when, the, um, when the legislature sent her the budget bill that she ultimately vetoed. Uh, it's, a, it's a seat of, of power, and I think that, uh, that Gary Richardson was trying to convey that by sitting there uh, looking down on everyone. Yeah. It's interesting if you look at the front runners for both parties. You know, I, I think you know Edmondson, Drew Edmondson is, is probably the clear front runner for Democrats, and it's kind of you know you have a few to choose from maybe for Republicans, Cornette, Lamb, uh, and Stitt. Um, I mean, let's take Lamb and Edmondson as comparisons, for example, for for a second. I mean, Lamb is opposed holistically. Edmondson would actually like to do more. He'd like to raise the GPT even more, um, and yet. Today, we just heard the governor basically try to make the appeal to the legislature that, hey, the majority of Oklahomans are for this compromise. Mm-hmm. They just want to get something done. They see this as the best way to do it. But yet you have candidates running for governor that are kind of taking those extreme polls, That's which is what you do about, leading yeah, up to a Republicans primary. look like they're just trying to play games with this out here, which I don't think will happen. But, I mean, if they were to look, I, I think that hurts Lamb ultimately because of the statewide sentiment. We are in a primary right now. Huge difference. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I thought would have been interesting today is if um, the governor would have brought out the five 
living former governors who've endorsed the step up plan and had them in the gallery. Yeah, I mean, she referenced the fact that they endorsed it. Right. But yeah, we quoted a appearance. couple of them, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe she asked and they didn't want to come. You know, that's yeah. entirely possible. And it was kind of her big appeal to say, hey, see, this is a bipartisan right. um, yeah. effort. Yeah, here. to have Keating and Nye or, you know, whoever say, Boren. And I don't know that it, ma- it mattered much for Democrats, huh? I don't know that they saw some former Democratic governors and thought, oh, maybe we ought to reconsider <laughs> where, where we're at on that. Um, well, it's, uh, we're, we're right now in it. So as you said, yep. two sessions uh, going on right now, the, the first day of the 2018 regular special, or regular session. Um, the budget's a big dominant theme, but we're going to see many other issues. Any idea yet on kind of what maybe some non-budget issues might be to look for here yeah, in the coming you know, criminal weeks? Criminal justice still is going to be uh, something I think we hear from right out of the gate. Um, I know I'm going to cover some insurance issues um, and uh, some health issues. Uh, we're probably going to see some um, medical marijuana uh, legislation uh, that seeks to regulate it before it's voted on um, uh, or to sort of anticipate any any uh, public policy that's going to be needed. Um, beyond that, uh, it may simply uh, devolve into a regular session of the legislature with you know, things that may pop up from time to time or um, some wild and crazy ideas that <laughs> legislators have in the election year. You know, we've seen it before and uh, we'll be here to report on it. Yeah, and a regular session usually includes a budget that's done in the in the closing days of the session, sure. not not got, so early. We've got two budgets to finish, finish up. before the yep. end of it. So, Chris, we know you're chasing candidates all over the state, huh? I am, yeah. There's a couple forums coming up that I think maybe all of them will attend, so that I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Justin, you know, you're uh, covering the federal. But, you know, uh, D.C. got a shout-out from the governor today. <laughs> Actually, sort of. a uh, One way yeah. to put it, yeah. We don't want to be Washington. That is a message you hear a lot of places, including in Washington. So. Yeah. Well, right now, the dysfunction, I'm sure Oklahomans are feeling like they're, they're seeing it at both capitals uh, yeah. above them in Oklahoma City and in Washington, D.C. But uh, uh, we'll be here to cover it uh, in the days and months ahead. Uh, with Dale, Chris, and Justin, I'm Ben with the Oklahoma, and this has been a special episode of Political State. Our regular episode will be back on Friday. We'll see if anything's changed in, uh, in the next four or five days, but uh, no matter what happens, we'll be back with you. Political State from the Oklahoman, you can find us uh, online at News OK as well. We'll see you on Friday.